two sons, a husband, a male dog. Is Lean hinting that she may need a female pet or another attempt at a daughter or something? <coughs> it's a female dog. Quinn is a female dog. Well, there you go. Hope Talk, a PCM podcast. It's the Hope Talks podcast. We're hanging out with David Dunn. And uh, David, okay, so I, I always want to double check this because you never can tell what you get off, off the internet. 37 years old on May 25th, is that right? It's true. All right. What do you hope to accomplish before you get to be 40? Three years. I have no idea. That, that actually is wild to hear. I'm going to be 40 in three years. That's really crazy. <laughs> I think especially because I do like a child's thing for a living, music. I still feel like I'm a little kid. Um, I've been a little disenfranchised because I have two kids of my own now. So yeah. it doesn't quite feel like I'm, I'm 19 anymore. Um, what do I want to accomplish before I turn 40? I, I want to, um, I want to, I think first and foremost is to be a good dad. I want to love my kids well. Um, and, and I've sort of just started down this road and, and I'm sort of learning the ropes, especially when it comes to patience and, and self-sacrifice. And, and, uh, and I want to become much better at those two things before I turn 40. So when you turn 40, you'll have a four-year-old. And how old is, uh, um, is your oldest? Oldest is two right now. So he'll be five. Two, he'll be two five. and a half. He'll be almost six. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Does it seem like it was an eternity ago that you were on uh, uh, The Voice? Season two, actually. Yes, because it was an eternity ago. <laughs> Knowing that, would you ever return? Would you like to return as a judge on The Voice? As a judge? Yeah. Um. Or- yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. I would enjoy as a judge. Um, it'd be a completely different, like, like vibe around the the you know your appearance if you're a judge as opposed to the judged. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never thought about that. It's the first time anybody's ever asked me that question. I think I'd really enjoy that probably, um, but it'd be way different. That's for certain. <laughs> Just spin around in the chair all day long. Is that what you do? Just wait to mash that button. <laughs> what about, you know, in our culture today, where would life be, do you think, without The Voice, without American Idol, all those other competition shows? Oh, man, I, th- I think it'd be the same. Um, you know, I, I think most reality TV shows is just a version of escapism, which is, you know, it's not always a bad thing, but it's it's a chance for people to sort of pause what they're doing and, and sort of live in another sphere or, or exist in somebody else's sphere. Um, it's sort of what you do with fiction books, right? Fiction books is a chance for you to live in your own mental mindscape. Somebody else is, is painting this picture of the world and, and the way that they view it and you sort of are putting yourself into their, um, into their vision. And so where would we be without those two shows? I think, I think we'd be in the same place that we are. I don't think they're that instrumental. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of careers that probably wouldn't happen. There'd, yeah. there'd be less music. Um, for me, the voice was, was mostly like a, it was a personal boon rather than a, an actual tangible, oh, I can see this actually making my career. It was a personal boon, um, sort of erasing some of the doubts of whether or not I can, I can actually do this thing. You know, because we all we all sort of start there with music, especially if you're creating art, you're extending yourself in 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 the form of a creation for others to go meh to, right? Yeah. And it feels very personal, and so especially at the beginning, 
being able to handle that personal rejection and and uh, transfer it into not personal, but this is a thing that's not, it's not me, it's this. I am not my music. My music is just an extension of me, um, is quite the leap. And I think the voice was instrumental in, for me to, to push me away from um, uh, hearing criticism as, as people criticizing me and instead going, oh, they're, this is criticism of the thing I'm creating. If it wasn't one of the vocal reality shows, is there any of the other reality shows that you think you would have done great on or you would do great on right now? The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my wife. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I, won't. No, I just got done watching it last night is why, I was, why that popped <laughs> into my head. Um, no, not that show. My gosh. There's nothing good about that show, and I keep watching it. So that, that's a perfect explanation for reality TV in, in one sentence. It's the worst show ever, and I keep watching it. It's like the dumpster fire. You know, just driving it by is the dumpster fire. I can't think of a worse portrayal of love anywhere on the planet than on The Bachelor. And it's cringeworthy to the core, and I keep coming back from So life. you don't expect a phone call from, from the producers asking you to replace Chris Harrison anytime soon, right? I don't think that they're going to call me, but you never know. <laughs> Would you do well on Survivor or Amazing Race? You know, I'm going to be frank with you. I have never seen Amazing Race and um, and I did watch some of Survivor, but it, I had a friend that was on like season two, and so I watched I watched her in season two. What season are we on in Survivor now? Oh, eight hundred and sixty-five, I think. I have yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah. So centuries yeah. ago is when yeah. I watched Survivor, and I can't really remember what happens on that show, to be honest. So probably not. Okay, I probably. All right. would. I, I mean, I would do it. Don't get me wrong; it'd be fun. Yeah. I totally do it. Um, whether or not I could win Survivor, I don't think I'm much of a survivor. <laughs> I probably, I probably be the first one kicked off. I don't know though, because and again, this kind of ties to my next question. You've got to be really careful when you look up somebody's Wikipedia, because um, I looked up David Dunn and. Uh, it says David Dunn is a fictional superhero in, un- in an unbreakable f- the un- unbreakable film series portrayed by Bruce Willis. Uh, Dunn is a former college football prodigy and a security guard who discovers he has superhuman abilities. So, it's would you rather story. be David Dunn, Christian music <laughs> artist, or David Dunn, superhero? You know, um, that's not the only Google shadow. That, that is chasing the David Dunn name. There's also another one, a dude who played, he played football for the Blackburn Rovers in England, professional football player. And that one was real fun at the beginning because we, we would, people would tweet back and forth at the wrong person. We'd be sharing them back and forth, <laughs> me and that dude. So if I'm going to pick one of those three, I'm probably me, David Dunn from Blackburn Rover, David Dunn from from Unbreakable, I'm obviously going to choose the superhero. I'm going to be Bruce Willis is who I'm going to be. Is your son Rhodes, is he old enough to have a favorite superhero? Uh, no. Um, he's old enough to sing the Baby Shark song. That's, superhero that's in a, its own right, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, He really hasn't gotten into superheroes. I think that maybe is maybe like the next. I've got a, I've got a three-year-old nephew who is just now eking into superhero realm. So I think it's probably in the next year is when Rhodes pops on. Gotcha. Is so there we'll try and steer him towards David Dunn whenever he does get into superhero. Definitely. Realm. I haven't seen the show, so I can't give you my uh, you know, seal good, approval man. on it. But is it good? It's Have good. you seen it? Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's really great. It's a M. Night Shyamalan movie. 
Okay. All right. Is uh, um, is there a TV show or a video that Rhodes and maybe Rocket now just adores? But to be honest, it wouldn't break your heart to never have to watch it again. Yeah, like half of them. <laughs> there are some really good TV shows, but most of them are so terrible. I'll give you the best one at the top of my head. I'm not going to win any friends here because I know that this is not a popular opinion. But there's a show called PJ Masks. Are you familiar with this? Not familiar with that one. Oh, my. Well. No grandkids yet. I only have three adult kids. Oh, no grandkids. Yeah, no grandkids yet. no grandkids. That's why. You will be familiar with it as soon as you start popping up. What's the premise, PJ Masks? Oh, here's the thing. The premise is actually pretty decent. It's it's a group of people who are superhero-ish at night and and they try to stop the bad guy and they never can stop the bad guy alone but they always try and then they realize they need to do it as a team that's the premise of basically every episode and i like that premise so i was told that premise and i went oh that sounds great that sounds like a you know it's a teamwork show we'll watch that and it just makes my skin crawl i can't look at it it's worse it's too much. Oh, my goodness. So, I'd rather well, watch Thomas the Train and be creeped out by that than <laughs> PJ Masks. Sir Topham Hat. <laughs> Where do the names come from? Rhodes and Rocket. Where do those two names come from? Rhodes comes from uh, comes from my my keyboard, right? It's a, I was about to show you with the with the camera, but it's a it's a 1973 Fender Mark Rhodes two. Wow. Right. So Rhodes came from that keyboard. My wife thinks that we named him after the scholars. <laughs> so don't tell her. But she's named Rhodes is named after my keyboard, which is less glamorous. And Rocket, actually, it was um, it was a name that we heard. It was a girl name. We know a girl whose whose name was Rocket. And so we were convinced we were going to have a girl. And so it was the only name we had when he came out and he's gonna hear this probably someday and be ecstatic that his dad we named him a girl name so that's we liked it there's really no story behind rocket and you actually the the main thing i'm worried about with with rocket is that he's gonna grow up and be like abnormally slow (laughs) so that so that people think he's just an ironic nickname that's really what i'm hoping doesn't happen you guys realize that neither one of them are ever going to be able to find their name on a coffee mug or a keychain in a souvenir store, right? No, never going to happen. It'll be like Skipper or Bud or, you know, Best Friend or something like that. We'll be able yeah, to find those. You can't so. win them all. That's Chief. right. <laughs> Chief. Yeah, Chief. Four years of marriage to your wife, Lean, coming up this summer. Remember mm-hmm. your anniversary date? I do. July 12th. Good job. Good job. I'm just I'm helping you out here, man. Brother to brother here. Make sure you don't forget that. I have multiple reminders set in my phone <laughs> for my wife's birthday and my anniversary throughout the year. So There you go. That one covered. In this last year, what have you learned most about your wife and what would Lean say she has learned most about you? Oh, wow. good question. Last year. Oh, I mean, I think the the like the big macro answer here for what I've learned about my wife is is probably that um, um, she is a very good mother, and 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 the amounts of compassion that she possesses, her her like level, her filled level of of compassion is monumental, especially compared to mine, and that's fun to see with my kids. 
that's really fun to watch is my wife, my wife with her empathy and compassion with my two little boys. Um, that's a main thing I've learned about her. You know, we're new to marriage too. So I could, I could get into interpersonal things that I've learned that have been, that have been like, you know, we had back to my authority thing, right? <laughs> this is a tangent, bro. Sorry. I'm going to go though. No worries. Back man. to my, okay, good. <laughs> back to my authority thing, which has been a problem since I was a kid, you know, for the first really two, almost three years of marriage, it was quite the headbutt, And we never fought when we were dating. We dated for a long time. We dated for five years. It was really, it was smooth sailing across the board. And then boom, we got married and pregnant immediately after planning not having any kids, by the way. It was, we were planning, I say we. Wow. I was planning on zero. My wife now refutes that we both were planning on zero. <laughs> but it was, it was in the Lord's plans. And so it happens. It's pretty wild how that occurred, but it did. Um, and so, you know, learning, learning how to be married after, you know, 32 years of living our lives our own way was, was quite the shock. And so when you're making choices on behalf of other people, the, the power struggle that ensues for who gets to decide was quite the ordeal of, of like, you know, dumb things. That, that became big things because we don't really know yet. We're making decisions on behalf of each other and who gets the final word. I want it this way and you want it that way. Thermostat's a perfect example, right? Stereotypical. <laughs> I want the thermostat low. Why? So we don't have to pay for it. All right. What do I want it high? Why? Because you're cold. I'll put on a jacket, <laughs> right? And then it's ba 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 ba. So I would, I would, I probably think that's what Lean would say is the the biggest thing that she's learned um, about me and about us, and I and I would say this too, is um, is how how to love by letting go. Right, that's the biggest thing we've learned with and about each other. Good deal. Well, by the way, you can rest assured, I'm, I'm an ordained minister, youth pastor for years. So if this feels like a counseling session, go there. I, I'm okay with it. No worries. <laughs> okay. No worries. Okay, so perfect. I want to go back. Today is beautiful. Have everything. Spend a life. Yes and no. Starting now. Is there one that you feel most excited to see how God has used? That's a good question. Um, I think I'm think I, I less and looking when I release songs and write songs, I, I'm less thinking about how God will use them, and um, and really hoping that. Uh, can you hear my? Yeah, no worries. We're used to da 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 da. We're used to that, you know, from your Instagram. So you're good. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I, he just fell down the stairs outside. My window's open. That's what just happened here. I can hear it going on in the background. As long as he's crying, oh. he's okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making noise. No problem. <laughs> Probably not an ER visit. <laughs> Uh, when I make songs, I, I rarely ever think about how God is going to use them. Um, why do I do that? I rarely think that because I think I think what I do is is I'm 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 more trying to um, to tell people my perspective on things, right? And and the main thing that I want to happen when I make a song is I want someone else to go me too, um, and that's usually as far as I get. Uh, you know, what God's going to do and what he's not going to do. I don't think about that a ton because I, you know, I, I rarely have anything to do with that. I can, I can do what I do. And then I, and then I tell him what I think is a good idea for him to do. And then, and then usually just go, but you know, whatever. But that's back to that authority thing though. <laughs> you do your thing. Yeah. 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 You do your thing. You're the one. 
And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try and tell my story from my own perspective. And, um, if it's decent, if it's a decent perspective, what I want to have happen is for other people to go me too, right? Is them to go. Yeah. That is how I feel. Um, I, I try not to be purposeful in trying to change people. I know that's sort of blasphemous in the Christian music industry, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to preach from my platform. Um, I do preach, but I'm trying not to, uh, because for me, and this is, this probably goes back to the authority thing again, and this is counseling session. Um, (laughs) I hate it when someone tells me what I should and should not do. I hate it. Right. It's I, I run away from that instance, even in church, even in church. One of the things I love about my church is the first day I walked in, stop me if this is boring you. But the first day I walked in, my pastor, the, the one we've been with now for four or five years, this Australian dude named Matt. Matt stood up on stage and he said, <clears throat> I don't know, right? Here's the thing I'm going to talk about. I don't know, but here's what I think. And I am desperate for that. I know that sounds trivial and tiny, but for me, it was huge because I was desperate for someone that was standing behind a pulpit not to go. This is what God says. Not because you don't know what God says, but because you are interpreting. We are all we're all speaking without authority, trying to trying to figure out the way that God wants us to be. Um, and so that's that's sort of what I'm trying to do with music. I'm, I'm trying to tell people about me rather than tell them about themselves and hope by telling them about me that they go, it's that is me too. That is how I am too. That was so lengthy, bro. But that's all right. With, with the, but with those songs, though, it's, I've never heard that perspective before from an artist with those songs. Is there one that just seems to be more than others? Like, oh gosh, yeah, that song was for me. Perfect. All of them. Okay, good. All, of, all good. of them are. All of them are. I, I, every one of those songs, I think, um, all, all of the ones you just listed a second ago, are all are all born out of something that happened in my life. There's there's some kind of quirky story, or or sometimes it's just a conversation, or or um, cultural moment, right? And and the my feelings about how our world currently sits is starting now is, is a song I wrote because of fake news, right? We were in the height of the political scheme and, and I was looking around and going, how are we supposed to know anything, right? There's stuff yeah. happening at the border and there, there's one side that's saying it's this and the other side is saying the exact opposite. How are we supposed to know? Yeah. And that's how the Bible is too. I do the same thing as I go. There's there's this theologian who's saying this stuff on this office. And there's this theologian. How am I supposed to know what the truth is? Truth exists. That's all I really know. And now how do I, so that, that's what starting now is about. It's a cultural moment. Spend a life is about my kids. Like the first time my kid was born and me looking down and going, oh my gosh. <laughs> really realizing, realizing this is so morbid. But realizing when my kid came out, it was the first time I actually believed that I was going to die. <laughs> That's so weird. But the life that I, I helped create, right, was a reminder that oh, I'm like, I'm not a child anymore. Like, yeah. I probably am, you know, closing in on half of my existence here on Earth. 
Sure. So 30, no, no, 37 years old, man. 54, 40. 54 coming up here pretty soon. I was thinking so, 40, 40 to yeah. 80. That was my math there. <laughs> well, middle age. Middle age is about middle 50. Uh, is it really 50? Because how many people do you know live to be 100? You know, so know. is middle and fit anyway. You're from yeah, Midland, Texas, now a resident of Nashville. I asked Chris Tomlin and I asked Micah Tyler the same question. And I'll be honest with you, David, I was really disappointed with their answer. So, David Dunn, Texas native, how many pairs of actual cowboy boots do you own? Two. That's more than they had. That's better. That's better. Wait, wait, Chris and Micah. Micah said he didn't have any boots. He has work boots, but not cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. boots. Well, like not... Not cowboy boots, but actual like lace-up work boots. Yeah, yeah that doesn't count. Yeah, he, doesn't no, count. it doesn't. It doesn't. He says because uh-huh. of all the oil fields and everything near there, and and yeah. that kind of stuff. And Chris said he used to have cowboy boots when he did all the traveling with a rodeo guy or whatever, but but not anymore. So you know. Yeah, I have I have two pair. One of them I've had since I was 16 years old, right? Yeah. They have red wings, and then I have my dad's elephant ear skin boots. From like the 1970s. Those are the wow. two pairs that I that I currently possess. Both of my I, pair of cowboy boots I got when I was in college. They were the most expensive. No, no, I'm from Louisville, oh. Kentucky, but still, okay. we made a trip Same. to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So last October, you released that new deluxe version of Perspectives, which had mm-hmm. four new tracks, live tracks, and a remix and stuff like that. Why? What makes an artist decide to invest all of the time and the resources into new live tracks and remixes instead of focusing on brand new songs? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I, I think the reason that I did it with this project um, was I produced a big portion of this one. And um, when you write a song, it's like it's like having a piece of food. It's like having a piece of broccoli. Let's do steak. Let's do steak instead. <laughs> so having a piece of steak. And then what you create in the studio is what you do with that piece of steak afterwards. And so for me as a producer, I, I would do like three different things with the steak and then go, which one is better? And so the, the remixes and re-releases are, are my alternate versions of the preparations of the steak. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm following so, you. So, so I released it because it was it was something that I already enjoyed and chose to not be my first course and brought it second because I still really liked it. So that was that was the remix. The live one was because we recorded a show and it's really just a you know we we put those up because they were sort of our live takes and and my manager and, and the label really liked all the live takes which sound a little bit different and so we put those on the deluxe as well. So. I've been I've taken a lot of youth groups to Jamaica for mission trips and everything, so I have an appreciation for the dreadlocks. Explain the dreadlocks. When and why did you go with that hairstyle? And for those who may not know, how do you let your hair go dread? You well, <clears throat> it's a good question. Lots of good questions. A lot of burners, man. Good one. Um, uh, I I did the dreads because I got married, and my brand new wife said you should get dreadlocks. And I said, sure. <laughs> That's why I got them to be anyway. I had like really long hair, right? Like, like girlishly down to my shoulders. And I go through these like hair stages to where it's long, shave it to bald, long, shave it to bald. And I was teetering on the edge of shaving to bald because I was tired of it being long. 
And so wife said, you should do dreads. And so that's how it instigated to begin with. Uh, dreads are like, they're a, anyone who's thinking of getting dreads, I would suggest you not do it. Really? It is not worth it. It's not worth it. It takes like a year and a half for them to mature. This is just a bunch of knots. There's a lady in Franklin, Tennessee, who took like a crochet hook and over the course of like 10 hours, like made all of these individual dreads. And then it took two years for them to actually mature into their own organisms. Wow. I never knew that. Bro, and the upkeep is outrageous. I, I just stopped doing it, which is why I have like a messy dreads. But you're supposed to like spend like six or eight hours every couple of months to like clean them up. Like you see somebody like really nice dreadlocks. They're like putting in the time to make them nice. So that's why I tell people they're always like, man, you, how do I get dreadlocks? I always go like, don't do it. <laughs> Not and, and a lot of people, again, no offense here, a lot of people think, well, dreads, you don't do anything to your hair. You don't wash it. You don't do nothing like that. It's just what they are. So I wash my hair more. I don't know where that comes from. I, I wash my hair more now, like maybe three times more as as dreads than I wow. did when, when I just had regular long hair. I had no That was an education for me. That's awesome. Hey, Bro, Dave. If you don't, they get like nasty. Like yeah. they'll... Because they're like lumps of hair, they like they they get they turn into a whole different thing. Oh so my gotta gosh! Watch them. If you could master one instrument that you currently don't play, what would it be and why? Drums. Really? I would love to be a master drummer. That'd be awesome. I think it's because um, uh, you know I play a bunch of things already. And, and the hardest part about playing an instrument is, is playing in time and, and drummers, that's basically all they do, which is, which is almost, if you know any drummers who are good drummers, if they pick up any other instrument, they're 10 times better than anybody else at playing that instrument to begin with, because all they've been working on is timing for however long they've been playing drums. So I, I play the drums on stage. Now I play an SPDSX. And, and I would love to be a 10 out of 10. And right now I'm like a 6 out of 10. Wow. So you're so getting drums. There. You'll be there. Yeah. You'll be there. When Duncan's ready to retire from the newsboys, you just shave off those dreads and, you know, go to Jump town. Jump right man. into the spinning drums. Exactly. Set. Exactly. As a Christian artist, and you had to prove to somebody that you were a normal husband and father, how would you do it? Show them my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the best way to do it is to show them the videos that I've recorded in the last two weeks, actually. Really? Yeah. Here's what we're going through right now. The two-year-old, we are potty training. But he has learned how to remove his diaper. So he will poop in his diaper and then go, I don't want this in here. And he will take it off. And he'll be up in his room. So this will happen at like between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Takes his diaper off, puts it on the ground, and then goes, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he starts making the poop highways all over his oh, room. Oh, my gosh. That, that's so normal. I just, I just show you the videos. That's my nor- normal father. You're, you're yeah, a normal um, dad. But, but then it gets yeah. to the next question here is between you and your wife, who was the last one that 
pretended to be asleep so the other one would have to take care of the poop highway or let the dog out or anything like that um we have we have a pretty this is part of the of the figuring out who does what who's who's in who's got the power the thing we talked about earlier we have very we have very separate roles for what happens between 7 p.m and 8 a.m and so to my knowledge i don't think that's ever happened to where somebody goes and also we don't know you don't know like you like if i wake up in the morning and and rhodes is up in his room he can't come out until after he's got a little nightlight that flashes. So if it's my turn, then I don't know what I'm going to walk in on. I just walk up there and open the door. So nobody knows what they're getting into <laughs> until the door's open and there's a kid standing there who's covered in his own feces. So you never really know. So I, I there would probably be more rolling over if we had a nanny cam in his room and could see what we were in store for. Yeah. Hey, what was the last thing, or what was the the uh, the biggest thing you learned from your dad that you want to make sure you pass along to your sons? Oh, that's easy. Um, uh, the the uh, importance of consequence. Hmm. The importance of consequence. Um, I think I think a bunch. I'd say ninety percent of all the the bad decisions that I avoided in my life were due to my father's instillment of, of the value of consequence. And what I mean by that is if you do this, you, you will ruin your life. If you do this, you can ruin your life. If you do this, you're setting yourself up for something better. Um, you could almost extend that to thinking about the, not just the now, what happens after the now, those two things are, are hand in hand. So, the main thing I want to teach my boys is when you're when you're going to make decisions on your own, which is going to happen very soon, when you're going to make decisions on your own without mom and dad making them for you, to understand the value of consequence, that what you do actually matters. Everything you do matters for now and in the future. It's been the life. It's been the life. I want my kids to know that song deep in their bones. There you go. How bad does your parents spoil your boys my mother to the hundredth x degree <laughs> my mother is outrageous is she going through withdrawals because all your brothers and sisters are out of the house is that what it is she has she has 21 grandchildren oh my goodness so rocket rocket is her last and youngest my my little boy who's nine months old now he is the last and youngest so of of her twenty one grandchildren, nineteen of them are still in the same city that she lives in. Oh, that's awesome. So my mom my mom comes up to visit about once every two or three months. Um, uh, but I think she is pretty overrun with children at all periods of time. So I bet, I bet there's not tons of withdrawal. I gotcha. think she's all right. Have you guys? This is one of my last questions here for you all. Have you all re- recovered whatever that fully means from the tornado in Nashville a little over a year ago? Your father-in-law passed away. The pandemic. The you know all of that stuff. This podcast is called Hope Talk. How did you guys remain hopeful through all of that and most of 2020? I mean, it's pretty miserable, man. To be to be frank. Yeah. Um, how did we remain hopeful? Um, you know, there was some joy in the midst of, you know, the worst year of our lives, right? There was some joy. 
Um, there was a bunch of dominoes that all fell right in a row. Like Lean's, my wife's dad dying out of the blue. And then, you know, two weeks later, the tornado. And then a week later, the pandemic. So all those things sort of happened. So we have our property, a very close relative. And, and then my career all sort of <laughs> at the same time. Um, but then Rocket was born in the pandemic. So, you know, there was... A big part of it for, for us, I think, was going, this is the worst, um, but the worst happens, and, and, it's, and it's a season. And, um, and uh, you praise God, whether you're in the midst of the fire or, or the feast, famine or the feast. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of it's just stuff. Besides Lean's dad, you know, a house is just a house. And money is just money. You know, it's it's just a it's a social construct that we that we use and and put a lot of value and importance on, but it's it stinks to lose it, but it's just, it's not that big of a deal. And I think that's a big portion of 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 why we we uh, survived this last year is is you praise him regardless of whether you're up or down, and and uh, take the big things as big things and the small things as small things. Up and down. That'd be a great tattoo. Anyway. Um, I have it already. Yeah, oh, I figured. That. I saw that. <laughs> Two kids, a beautiful wife, a massive Great Dane named Quinn. Honestly, David, who requires most of your time? Oh, my children. There's <laughs> no doubt about it. And out of, no doubt about it. And out of all of those, who do you personally feel would rather spend most of their time with you over anybody else? Um. My oldest son. Yeah. Yeah, my oldest son. The dog is my wife's. The dog is my wife's. <clears throat> She's more of a cat than a dog, which is hilarious because <laughs> she looks like a cow. She weighs 140 pounds. She's my she's my wife's. And the baby is attached to his mother. And and the little boy just wants to he was in here being banging on the I don't know if you heard that too, but he was banging on the door trying to get into my studio a minute ago. So let him in, man. Let him in. So what he wants to do is hang all day long. There you go. Two sons, a husband, a male dog. Is Lean hinting that she may need a female pet or another attempt at a daughter or something? <clears throat> it's a female dog. Quinn is a female dog. Well, there you go. There she you go. She looks like a male dog because she's ginormous, and everyone calls her a he. But there let's you get go. that pronoun correct. She's you got a she. it. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense she's why she's it. attached to, to to Lean's hip there, big time. Yeah, she's attached to Lean's hip. Perfect. You got the perfect life, David Dunn. All right, my last question for you. How can I and our listeners, how can we pray for or minister to David Dunn and your family right now? Yeah. Um... There's still a bunch of transition stuff going on. Um, there's still a ton of fallout from 2020 that's still very present. Even even like the tornado stuff still hasn't. We still haven't gotten hardly any of that fixed. Um, there's some there's some hangover from that too. That's that's pretty rough. So we're still we're still going through it. We're still in the middle of 20. It still feels like 2020 to us. So we we certainly could use some prayer as we as we. Um, navigate the buyer the mog so yeah um i don't want to get into tons of specifics but we we certainly could could use some some uh some divine intervention on on the behalf of our psyches gotcha well can i pray with you real quick 
be great, man. God, I just thank you so much for David and for his family. And just the fact that, Father, they're faithfully following along with what you lead them every step of the way, every day, every one step at a time. And so, God, I pray that you would bring them the closure that they need over all that they endured and survived last year. God, for all of the stuff that seems to be lingering and hanging over their heads, Lord, I pray that you would just work it out in your time and that you would give them that peace and hope to know that they're in the palm of your hand and you're taking care of it. Help them, Father, to remain faithful. Help them to remain loving and and supportive of each other and just those around them. And God, I pray that you would continue just to take his ministry, his career uh, to heights that he had even thought of yet. God, be with his family, be with his wife and boys and uh, female dog, Lord, as they are are living day to day and just uh, loving you more and more every day. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Hope Talk, a PCM podcast.